This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. One story every day that matters. Delve into the issues that impact you. Whether you're in need of a better understanding of the world around you or simply seeking inspiration or unique perspectives, you'll find it all here. We all want only the best for our children, especially when it comes to their education. So when a private school made lofty promises of individual attention, small classes, and highly skilled teachers, several parents were quick to enroll their kids. But beyond the glow of private schooling at an affordable price were seemingly empty promises, ultimately leaving students ill-equipped and paying a high academic price. Masa Kekana went back to school for this story. Is there anything more likely to anger responsible parents than their children's futures being gambled with? Well, that's precisely how a group of concerned Johannesburg parents are feeling. When it comes to education, parents want the best for their kids. Private schooling, individual attention and state-of-the-art facilities. And wouldn't it be great if this came at a reasonable price tag? That's exactly what Sion Clearwater Campus in Boxburg claims to offer parents. It was just a win-win situation. Um, the school was so amazing. I pulled all my kids from the school and put them into that school. In January 2022, Stuart Wilcock enrolled his three daughters into the brand new Sion Clearwater campus, paying about 3,500 Rand per child per month in school fees. I must admit, the school does look pretty impressive. But looking the part doesn't cut it when it comes to education in this country. By the end of the first term, Wilcock and some of the other parents say the dream they were sold had become a nightmare. The first red flag was the high turnover of teachers at the school and discrepancies with tests and grading. We started questioning, like, are these guys actually qualified to be in these positions? We then found out that these teachers are 20, 19 years old, 22 years old. As a result, some of the parents believe their children have suffered academically and they want answers. There's no seriousness to any of these questions. Everything is just okay. It's not okay. You're busy um, interfering with my child's education. We went undercover at Sion Clearwater campus, posing as interested parents. It's presented as a fully registered modern facility with a hands-on management team focused on giving learners personalized attention. We briefly met one of the school founders, Ulandi Sienekal, and also the deputy principal, Donovan Kemp, who explained that Clearwater Campus is one of three schools under the Sion umbrella. We moved to this premise at the beginning of this year, when Clearwater started, but then we still had the three schools. So we had Sion Private uh, in Boxburg, we okay. had Sion Stepping Stones, and then uh, this campus. When an independent private school opens, there are a few boxes that need to be ticked in order for it to operate legally. And only once that's done, can the school open its doors for business. The law requires three things. Each independent private school needs a dedicated registration number called an EMIS number issued by the Provincial Department of Education. 
When offering a South African curriculum, the specific school needs accreditation from the education standards body, Umalusi. The teachers must hold qualifications and be registered with the South African Council for Educators, or SACE. The laws of the country are very clear. Confidence Tihole is from ISASA, the Independent Schools Association of Southern Africa, the region's largest and oldest voluntary membership organization for private schools. Anyone who stands in front of the children must be registered with SACE. Okay, and again, it's for purposes of safeguarding our kids in schools to make sure that people who are appointed to teach are suitably uh, qualified to teach. When a group of 10 parents started publicly questioning the Sion Clearwater campus's legitimacy, they were slapped with a defamation suit by the school owners. In court documents, the school included a list of staff. Of the 49 teaching staff on the list, only seven have full professional SACE registrations. 25 had provisional numbers, while the rest didn't have a valid registration number. Provisional registration would be granted to somebody who is studying uh, towards a teaching qualification, whether it's a B.Ed. or whether it's a postgraduate certificate in education. They can't be allowed to teach alone in a class. One of the teachers is the owner's daughter, Megan Sienekal, who matriculated in 2020. Megan admitted to us that she is still studying, yet teaches her own class under occasional supervision. I show my lesson to them um, before, then they do class inspection um, once I do my lessons. Not in every single lesson, but they do sit in while I do a lesson. So you're teaching unsupervised in the class sometimes, which is what you've just said? Yes. And there we have it. 20-year-old Megan, who's the daughter of the owners, has just admitted that she teaches kids and she's still studying. Miss Sienekal is not the only teacher that stands out. We met Donovan Kemp during our undercover visit. The one deputy principal is for the primary school. We have a deputy principal for grade seven to grade nine, and then 10, 11 and 12 is myself. Okay. Yes. Kemp is 23 years old. Sion claims he has seven years teaching experience. That would mean he qualified and started teaching at the age of 16. Are you also the deputy principal? No, I'm not. That's odd. Apart from him confirming it in our undercover footage, he also signs reports as the deputy principal. I just wanted to check your teaching qualifications. Do you have them? Thank you. Goodbye. What teaching qualification do you have, Donovan? And he's gone. Thank you. Goodbye. But that's not where the allegations end. The group of concerned parents uncovered even more questionable details. We started emailing all of the bodies and all the different bodies came back to us and advised that they were not registered. They confirmed that Sion Boxburg was registered, but Clearwater as an entity was not registered. Multiple officials from the Gauteng Department of Education, SACE, and accreditation bodies confirmed in writing that Sion Clearwater Campus was not properly registered or accredited at the time. From all the correspondence that we've seen, it appears that Sion Clearwater is not compliant, but they insist that they are, and all their officials are wrong. 
ASEAN's owners declined an on-camera interview, responding only in writing. They state there is only one EMIS registration number and that the Sion Clearwater campus did not operate as an individual entity, claiming Sion Private Academy is located at and operating from the Clearwater campus. That's not exactly true. Listen to this clip sent to parents in May by the owner, Ulandi Senekal. She clarifies the amalgamation of the schools. Take note, it's plural schools. She is referring to more than one school joining up. There's multiple reasons for the merger. Um, I would absolutely say the unity of the schools was number one of it. This amalgamation only happened this week as the third school term started. When Sion Clearwater Campus opened its doors in January, it didn't meet all the legal requirements. No school should be operating unless it is registered by the Department of Education. Provincial education departments are responsible for regulating both public and private schools, ensuring they play by the rules. Steve Mabona is the Gauteng spokesperson. Your department is aware of this independent school. They are operating without registration from your department. Well, according to information at our disposal, this school is registered. They even have an EMIS number. An EMIS registration number is allocated by the education department at a specific address only once it's checked and vetted the specific school. What Mabona is referring to is the one allocated to the original Sion Private Academy, not Sion Clearwater Campus. They have relocated. We have one school that relocated from the previous address. Now they are in a new address. We have one school, we only have two schools. Steve, there's two schools here. Why are you covering what, up for them? They're saying I, amalgamation. No, no, what we know, it's the relocation from one school to the other. Mr. Mabona repeated the same line during the interview, but just saying the same thing over and over doesn't make it true. There were actually three different schools open at the same time using one EMIS registration number. But Tihole has processed these types of applications for ISASA and says even if it was just a relocation, it's not a simple transfer of registration. As soon as you, you talk a different physical address, that's where then you need to have a different registration with a different EMIS number. Okay, as far as I understand, this EMIS number cannot be transferred. It is attached to a specific location and establishment no, that this is where no. it is. So an EMS number you saying can be transferred. I can have a school we here relocated, yes. and relocate it and use the yes. same EMIS number. Yes, according to our regulations, you just apply for a relocation. When we asked Mabona about the teacher's qualifications, it appears the department, again, had a different version. The educators are qualified there. Teachers there, they are registered. But they're they not. The According to information at my disposal, was that the educators are registered with the SACE, and those that would have not been registered probably is your teacher assistants. Most of them. If you look at this list from page after page, provisional, 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 and it keeps going. Despite putting the irregularities to Mabona and trying to show him the evidence, he point blank refused to even look at it. 
I put it to you, Steve, that the information at your disposal is incorrect. No, 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 we, we can confirm that we have a school that is relocated and um, we are actually going to support them because they are a good school, so there's nothing wrong here with the school. But denials that rules are being bent don't benefit the learners. We're also fighting against the system. If we're going to have quality education in South Africa, then surely parents should start standing against the system that is allowing this in this country. Following our expose on Sion Clearwater Campus, we were inundated with messages from several concerned parents who made similar claims against the school. You can read Sion Clearwater Campus's full response to this story on the Carte Blanche website. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, be sure to subscribe to Carte Blanche, the podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. While you're at it, why not rate and review us? We love hearing from our listeners.